Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Where were you on 9-11? As we mark 20 years since that tragic day, Q104.3 explores that question with 9-11 stories. A podcast presented by Barish and McGarry, lawyers for the 9-11 community. Each week, we present a 9-11 story from first responders, celebrities, and everyday people whose lives were forever altered that day. And now, here's your host, Shelley Sunstein. This is the 9-11 story of Debbie Borza, the mother of the youngest woman to die on United Flight 93, which was brought crashing down in Shanksville, Pennsylvania by hero passengers and crew who rushed the cockpit fighting the hijacking terrorists. Debbie's daughter, Deora Bodley, was 20 years old. September the 11th, 2001. Um, I want to preface that I was in San Diego so um, as I uh, mentioned times and things of that day, it'll be Pacific time zone. Um, and really that's, I think that's the only thing to kind of put reference to it. Um, uh, so on uh, September the 11th, 2001, I was living in San Diego um, as a, a single mother. My uh, daughter Muriel was uh, living with me. She was age 10 at the time. And it was my oldest daughter and Muriel's only sister, Diora, Diora Bodley. I, her father and I uh, had been, have been divorced for quite some time. So her last name is her father's name, last name. But anyway, um, my daughter, Diora Bodley, was on board Flight 93. Uh, she was 20 years old. She's the youngest female passenger on board, um, the youngest male passenger was a gentleman from Japan, Toshio Kuge. He was, he was heading home after spending the summer here in America. Um, so uh, here it is, it's September the 11th, 2001. Uh, Muriel and I are up and about at six in the morning. I'm, I'm getting ready for work and, and she's getting ready for school. And uh, my, uh, I had a roommate at the time and she had turned on the television. So I um, was watching, you know, just some of the news as I'm getting dressed. I, I did see the second plane hit the tower. That was shortly after uh, 6 a.m. Um, and I saw that on the news, uh, but I, um, I didn't, you know, I just looked at it like a day that people may remember, like I remember John F. Kennedy being shot and I was 10 years old at the time. So, um, so Muriel and I are getting dressed and we're getting in the car and I, I was just talking to Muriel as I'm driving her to school that, you know, as the day unfolds, um, you know, this might be the kind of day that, that you remember, like I remember John F. Kennedy being shot. You know, the, there might be a lot of news about what, what we saw on, on the television this morning. Um, 
So I took her to school. She, her school was just a few blocks from where I worked. Um, I uh, worked for Copley Press in La Jolla, California. Was Their offices were there, and Muriel went to school just a couple blocks away. So I dropped her off at school, and I went into work. Um, and around, I don't know, um, 8 o'clock... Eight o'clock, maybe in the morning, um, I received a phone call from Diora's friend, Allie. Uh, Diora had been on the East Coast visiting her girlfriends before they all started their junior years of college. And her best friend, Allie, uh, lived there in, um, on the East Coast. She was a student at Farley Dickinson. And uh, Diora had just spent, you know, some time with her. I, maybe about a week, eight, nine, four days, something like that. Um, so I, I received a phone call from Allie while I was at work and she was uh, crying hysterically. She was, you know, saying it was all her fault. Uh, and I asked her, what are you talking about? And, and she proceeded to let me know that um, September the 11th was Allie's first day of school. And that was also the day that Dior was flying home to San Francisco. She was a student at, at Santa Clara University, so she was flying back to, to uh, San Francisco. Um, and that Allie was saying it was all her fault, and I asked her what she was talking about, and she let me know that because it was her first day of school, Dior wanted to be dropped off earlier at the airport to be a standby passenger on an earlier flight. So Dior was booked on flight 95, which was after flight 93, but she was a standby passenger on flight 93. Um, so Allie's saying, oh, th her plane crashed. I heard that her plane crashed. And, and I, so what are you talking about? You know, I, I dropped her off early. She, she got on an earlier flight and, um, her last phone call was, was to her boyfriend to let him know she'd be coming into San Francisco earlier, so to uh, be ready to pick her up from the airport earlier than expected. Um, you know, the only thing I could think to say to Allie was, uh, I asked her if she could go back to the airport. Can you go back to the airport and see if you see Diora there? Um, Allie did not go into the airport with, with Diora. Allie didn't see her board any, any of the, in board the plane. Um, so she said she would drive back there and see what she could do. Uh, she let me know that, that Diora's phone, cell phone had died after her phone call, uh, to her boyfriend. And, um, I said, well, I'm going to try and call her anyway. Um, we hung up, I tried to phone, phone Diora and uh, just went straight to voicemail. So I um, remember calling United Airlines to ask them if they knew of anything. They said they knew nothing at the moment. Uh, they took my information, my phone number, and uh, they said they would let reach out to me if they knew something, when they knew something. So the... Um, you know, like the waiting begins. Um, 
I remember uh, when I was at work, um, some of my coworkers had overheard my phone call with Allie. Uh, so they started passing the word around the company. There was only about 20 or so people that I worked with. All, pretty much all of them knew Diora. Several of them knew her from when she was a baby. Uh, so it, you know, it was it was personal to them too, and I remember them uh, not wanting me to go into the conference room and watch television. They had our only TV we we had, so they they had that on in the conference room, but they wouldn't let me go watch. Um, and I would, I, so maybe before ten o'clock, something like that. Allie calls me back. And uh, she um, tells me that she can't get into the airport. They've shut the airport down. Uh, so I asked her to go back to school, um, not to be, you know, to be with somebody, uh, go see a counselor if she needed to, but I asked her not to be by herself. And uh, she said she would do that, and we hung up the phone. Um, HR department sent over a counselor to speak with me to let me know what, you know, if, if Dira was on board the plane and um, what I would expect emotionally, um, some uh, recommendations of um, not, don't be driving the car, uh, you know, be with people, um, you know, expect denial, uh, uh, you know, just extreme grief. Um, and the woman gave me her business card and, and uh, I was present to the fact that I was already in denial. It was like, oh, thank you very much. You know, if I, if I need you, I'll, you know, I'll be sure to reach out to you, you know, but right now I'm fine, you know, just trying to be tough. And um, then after a period of time, I think it's around noon or so, I left work and I went across the street to, there's a Catholic church that's there, uh, Stella Maris, Mary Star of the Sea there in La Jolla. So I had my cell phone with me. I walked into the church and um, I looked around. There were some people in the church praying and, you know, I understood that here I was in the church going to ask, and I asked God, I, you know, where is she? And um, a very quiet voice says, well, she's with me. And um, right after that, my cell phone rang and I picked up my cell phone and, uh, the person on the other end says, hello, is this Debbie Borza? And I said, yes. She says, my, my name is Sharon De DeWitt, and I'm uh, sorry to inform you. And that's all I heard. I remember dropping the phone. I was screaming in the church. I was, you know, screaming, saying, you know, not my baby, you know, not my girl. And, um, I don't know how long that lasted for me. Um, at some point I remembered I had left this woman 
on the phone. Um, so I picked up the phone and I asked her, are you still there? She says, yes, I'm here. She asked me where I was. I told her I was at the church. She asked me if I was with people. I said, well, I'm, I'm with a group of strangers, but I'm not alone. And she said, um, all right. Um, I remember asking her if she had other phone calls to make like this one. And uh, she said that she did. Um, I remember apologizing for, for just kind of leaving her hang there. I, I didn't know for how long. And um, I remember, you know, letting her know that since I was at the church, I would, I would pray for her and to, uh, for the strength and the courage that she needed to make these phone calls to these other people. Um, and then we hung up. And um, I remember my first phone call was to my parents. Uh, Dior was their first grandchild. <clears throat> Dior flew as an unaccompanied minor starting at the age of four. She would fly back in the summer to spend a month with her grandparents. Um, and this went on for years and years. She would fly back every summer and, and stay with them. Um, so I, I made my first phone call to my parents. And uh, my mother picks up the phone and uh, she starts right in. She's like, oh, Debbie, you know, have you been watching television? Have you been, you know, seeing what's been happening? And um, I remember, I said, yes, mom, I've, you know, I've been seeing a bit of television. I said, but you know, I have some, some sad news to tell you. And she said, well, what's that? And I said, I received a phone call from United Airlines. Um, Dior was on board the plane that crashed in Pennsylvania. And uh, I, I heard myself, you know, cause now my mother's screaming and crying. She even dropped the phone. And the next thing I know, I hear my dad pick up the phone. And my dad says, what have you told your mother to make her so upset? And I remember thinking, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is a guy that always takes care of his family, right? And um, there's nothing he can do now. You know, he can't take care of Dior the way he, he always had. And I said, Dad, I said, um, Diora's dead. And she was on board the plane that crashed in Pennsylvania. She's dead. It was just so quiet. He didn't say a word. Just kind of with silence on the other end and I don't know, some time went by and my dad finally said, I, I need to take care of your mom. I said, thank you, dad, please go take care of mom. And then I remember making a phone call to Dior's dad. He was driving into, he was a teacher, he was driving into school and I, I asked him if he knew what had been transpiring, you know, these past few hours. And he said, yes. And 
And I said, well, you know, Dior was supposed to be flying home today. And um, I, I, I got a phone call from United Airlines, Daryl, our daughter's dead. And um, the same thing is just so quiet. And uh, he just asked for, you know, a phone number for United so that he could, could call and find out what he could find out. And we hung up. And, um, and then I made um, a phone call to a friend of mine. Uh, he, his name's Fred Hecker, retired Air Force colonel good friend. I called him up and I, I told him what had happened. and He knew Diora. So uh, he said, you stay right there at the church. I'm coming over now. And that was about a half hour drive for him. And um, he gets to the church and um, he walks in. He uh, comes to me and he, he asks me to stand up. He uh, he said to me, he says, do you know where you're at? I said, yes, I'm at the church. He says, do you know who's here with you? And, and I looked around and I, I saw some people from work, which I, I didn't know how they knew. I, you know, I didn't know how they knew to come over, but they were there. And there's people around me at the church. There's, there was, I now noticed someone, you know, wanting to give me their rosary and and I noticed someone else was there with a glass of water and handed that to me. Um, the priest was there. Somebody went and got the priest for me. He was there. And, you know, there were some people from the church around me. And, and he says, well, he says, I'm going to, Fred says, I'm going to turn you around so you can see all of the people that are here. He says, um, you know, when people find out what, what happened to your daughter, you know, they, they might not know what to say. They may want to let you know where they were on this day. He says, but really your job is to make them feel comfortable so that they can talk to you. And if they seem uncomfortable, your job is to make them feel comfortable so that they can talk with you. You know, they're going to want to contribute to you. They're going to want to comfort you. And, uh, you know, to, to allow that for yourself. And I said, okay. Um, and he turns me around and now the church is packed. And all of a sudden I just, you know, get present to, you know, how, you know, in, in my denial, just kind of like dismissing them in a way, telling them I'm fine, you know, I'm okay. And meanwhile, they're, they're still there hand, wanting to hand me things. They want to get close to me and comfort me. And, and um, you know, I just, I just apologize for how I'd been behaving, how I've just wasn't accepting of, of 
how they wanted to take care of me. And I, I let them know that from now on, you could count on me to be courageous and loving. So that people that I come in contact with, I, and who found out, you know, that my daughter died on September the 11th, that, you know, I could be courageous and loving enough to have them be comfortable with me and, and feel free to ask me questions and, and let me know, you know, what happened to what it was like for them that day and, and that they could just count on me to be courageous and loving. And, um, you know, that's what I've been. It has me do interviews like this with you, you know, so, so willingly, you know, really sometimes with no concern for, for myself, but really wanting others to be left with um, and know that there's someone like me who's gone through this, who, you know, is courageous and, and is loving toward them. Uh, so I let this crowd of people know that. And then I looked at my watch. I noticed, you know, I had a little time left before I had to go pick Muriel up from, from school. So I picked her up. Um, and uh, we drove over to um, one of Dior's and Muriel's favorite beaches, which La Jolla Shores, beautiful beach right there. It's gorgeous. And uh, parked the car and um, proceeded to let Muriel know that, you know, her sister had died on this plane that crashed in Pennsylvania. You know, she's 10, what is, what is she supposed to say? You know, she's looking at her mom and trying not to be upset. A very giving child, you know, started to, you know, pat me on the shoulder. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So we, uh, we drove home and uh, proceeded to sit in front of the television in, in hopes of, of hearing more information about Dior's flight, which was very sparse. It really wasn't until the next day that we started to get some information about that flight. Um, flowers started showing up on my doorstep. Uh, Copley Press was the owner of the Union Tribune there in San Diego. I, um, I remember telling the uh, CIO at Copley Press, because he was there at the church, I said, please don't send any reporters over. 
but still there was somebody there knocking on my door from the paper wanting, wanting to get my story. Friends of calling me, I don't know how they found out. Um, someone had arranged for people to come to my house that evening. So my house starts filling up with friends that I know. Uh, my brother-in-law calls me. He's, he's trapped in, in Las Vegas. He was there on a business trip. He let me know that he somehow found a rental car. He's, he's on his way to San Diego to be with me. Um, yeah, so it was, my life changed that day. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> I mean, so much happened after that. Uh, phone calls from the FBI wanting information about Dior for their investigation. Uh, deciding on a funeral home in case remains were found of my daughter. Uh, FBI requests for, for me to send them things like her hairbrush, her toothbrush, you know, to gather DNA. Uh, phone call from the, the coroner of, of Somerset County, uh, Wally Miller, reached out to me. He's the coroner, and he was also a funeral director there in Somerset. So the case is his. He's, he's reaching out to me and all the other families on, on board, to uh, next of kin of those on board, and... You know, just introducing himself and letting me know he'll be speaking to me in the future. Uh, yeah, just more interviews for the stations there in San Diego, just like that. Um, in February of 02, the coroner got the families together. His, his investigation was over. He wanted to let us know. He found remains of, of everyone that was on board to expect remains to be sent to the, the funeral homes we'd selected. April, in April, I heard the cockpit recording, the recording from the black box. Families were able to hear that. Uh, and then um, I started uh, the formulation of uh, the Families of Flight 93 organization so that we uh, could have an organization um, that represented the, the next of kin, uh, not knowing what might happen, but to be organized as a group. Uh, as a result, um, a, a good thing doing that because that the pres President Bush had signed the Flight 93 Memorial Act, which uh, said that the crash site and the surrounding area to be determined was now going to be a national park, part, part of the 
Department of the Interiors uh, under the National Park Service. So that happened and then, you know, the memorial started being built. Family members were included as part of the partner group. And, um, you know, here we are 20 years later with a, a memorial, Flight 93 National Memorial, just outside of a little town called Shanksville. And uh, maybe close to 2 million visitors have, have visited that from all the way from this little makeshift memorial to the, what we have there now. But um, yeah, that was the day and, and lots of other things that have happened since, since that day because of that day and, and being involved in things I never thought I'd never be involved in. Paying attention to things that uh, you know, now pertain to me, whereas before I would never have thought to be involved in investigations and, and departments of the interior, you know, all these Congress and everything is. But the design's complete to the, to the architect's uh, design and um, you know, like I got my job done in that area of making sure that people know about Flight 93 and passengers and crew on board and, and uh, wanting it to be a type of a place that makes a difference for the visitors that come. You know, the maybe Kissing your wife goodbye before you go to work is now really that much more important. Or maybe the children that visit and know about Diora, um, learn about her, you know, want to be like her. Um, yeah, just, just things like that. The, the opportunities, you know, I've had to, to speak to prison inmates about the impact of a violent crime. I did that in several institutions in Pennsylvania, uh, prison facilities in Pennsylvania. I've given tours of the memorial to, to uh, students. Um, I've... Uh, Yeah, all, all of that so that um, I, I guarantee for myself and I know for myself that, you know, Dior died with a, you know, having had a beautiful life. People know about her love of children, her work with the America Reads program, um, all her volunteer work in high school, you know, her being a captain of their high school basketball team, her well over 4.0 grade average in, in high school and her 
her desire to double major in child psychology and French from Santa Clara University and to go on to get her master's and doctorate in that area. Um, her, her love of her sister, even though they're 10 years apart. You know, the relationship was beautiful. Um, yeah, all four, for me, it's just really for others so that they can uh, experience themselves, you know, what's important to them, what they hold dear, and just be aware of that. Um, all because they, they may have visited this memorial and found out about someone that was on that plane that they could easily relate to and, and have that person live, have that person on flight 93 live in them. Um, yeah. You, are there times that you feel Diora is with you? Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I just recently uh, found out for myself, I thought, I thought that Dior was with me only when I thought of her. You know, that was my definition of, oh, is she with you? Yes, she's with me. And, you know, how I view that is um, when I think of her. Uh, she, had, she noticed this thing um, and she shared, Dior shared it with me, where a majority of the time when she would look at the clock, that it was all the same number, like 111, 1212, 444. And, uh, you know, we, she'd chuckle, she'd notice that. And if I was there, she'd point that out. And that's always, that's always been there for me now. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yes. Lots. I, just, I don't know how many times, um, you know, day after day, I look at the clock and it's like that. Oh, it's 1212. Oh, look, it's 111. Dior even shared with me how she she got a break from that kind of thing that happened to her, uh, you know, after 555 and before 1010. You know, so there's those numbers. You can't, it's, there's no 999 right on the clock. So she did talk about, oh, good. You know, I can look at the clock and not have that happen over and over again for her. So. Uh, I've even woken up in the middle of the night. And now the first thing I do is I look at the clock. You know, maybe 3.33 in the morning. But I only thought she was with me when I thought of her. Um, but I've come to, to believe now that she's always there. I just can't see her or hear her. And that this, this phenomenon with the, the time on the clock is really her way of communicating to I'm here, 
hi, you know, or, um, you know, using a, a symbolism of, of a feather, you know, as being something that, you know, is her letting me know I'm here, I'm right here. The times I've walked just to walk my dog and find feathers and pick them up and bring them home. The, the times I'm out hiking by myself or anywhere I would look down and find and collect osprey feathers, eagle feathers, pheasant feathers, you know, bluebird, blue jay, mockingbird, you know, so now I take those on as, as a, as a way where she says, oh yeah, I'm right here. I'm listening to you. You know, if you could hear me, you could hear my little comment I just made about what you said, <laughs> things like that. So, um, yeah, now I get, she's always there. It's not just when I, I think of her, but she's just, she's just there. I just can't see her or, or hear her, but she's there. Muriel is now 30. Tell us about her. Um, you know, there's, there's truth to the saying that, um, you know, all children are different and it's, you know, I, I look at that going, Oh, you know, thank God, you know, thank God I can look at Muriel and she's her own. There's no reminder of, Oh, you know, Diora did this, or you're so much like your sister. There's none of that. So, Muriel, Dior is my academic gal. Muriel's my my artist. Beautiful eye for color. Um, you know, the picture in the background of that person of that man's face, that's that's her work. Uh, little collage down on the bottom. Um, so that's hers. Uh, very sensitive child. Um, she's still so sensitive. She's She's taking care of her, her dad now. Her dad has Parkinson's, so she's with him. Um, yeah, just very sensitive, warm, caring, uh, introspective. Um, yeah, just my Muriel. It's my Muriel. Um, and she lives in San Diego. I'm happy to be back here in Long Beach. I'd, I'd left San Diego. Uh, she stayed with her dad. I left San Diego to go to uh, Maryland to be a part of the building of the memorial. It was, it was getting close to dedication and still lots of stuff to do with Congress. And so I, I left for that and she stayed in San Diego. She's still here. She's she met her boyfriend in high school. She, they've, they've been together ever since. Um, and um, she's looking forward to, you know, schools opening up. She wants to continue her education in, in art and online design. So she's looking forward to continuing that. Um, <laughs> she doesn't drive. <laughs> She, so she, you know, and her boyfriend just, you know, loves all over her and takes good care of her. And, and uh, yeah, she's, 
yeah, she's just a my delight. She's just my delight. It sounds like you poured your whole life into the memory with uh, forming the Flight 93 Families Organization, also the memorial in Shanksville, and now you're involved in the 9-11 trail. Yes. Does this, okay. does this give you comfort? Um, what does this involvement do for you? Yeah, um, I, uh, I want to give people, especially the 9-11 Trail Alliance, I mean, my gosh, you know, a 1,300-mile trail, 50% of it is off-road, you know, so you're not riding on the streets with, with uh, motorists, um, connecting all three sites, uh, the Pentagon, New York, and, and Flight 93. Um, it just a, it's such an opportunity in the area of education. Uh, Dior was big on education. You know, I'm just kind of taking that on myself for her. And um, it just brings me delight to think that if you know where the trail is, and there's a map on the website, if you know where the trail is, you, all you have to just go there and just stand on it. You don't have to think you have to bike all 1300 miles or whatever, but just the opportunity to stand on that trail and to know why that, what that trail does, what it connects and what's, what it's in honor of, you know, those who died on September the 11th, 2001, uh, that people, my daughter included, who are interested in, in hiking. Dior loved to hike the outdoors. You know, she did some bicycling herself, of course, as a kid. Um, just gives all sorts of people the opportunity to um, enjoy their life, be on this beautiful trail, whether they just stand there, whether they take their bike from their home down into the little town to go get ice cream, whatever educators, schools bring groups of people, students to these trails just as a way to, you know, uh, you know, give a, give some kind of structure to maybe the education of September the 11th. I, you know, I, I love stuff like that. I, and, and what a, what a way to, to, to remember September the 11th, but not in a sad way, but in a way that, um, it's an experience for oneself, like the person standing on the trail, knowing the story of September the 11th, you know, and making some, some choices and decisions for themselves, you know, like, well, darn it, you know, I'm going to do better in school or, or, um, you know, I'm going to keep riding my bike or, uh, oh, look at the, you know, I was on one bike trail and it, and it just spurred, the trail spurred into the 9-11 National Memorial Trail. And even the opportunity for, for the government to participate with us by just recognizing and designating the fact that this is a national memorial trail that connects these three sites to a piece of history, you know, that will always be remembered. You know, and, and 
you know, making a request of your congressman and your U.S. senators and congressmen to, you know, sign on board to have this trail have a national designation. It just, you know, that's what we do here. You know, that's that's the way we honor people. And um, but it's also a huge opportunity for people to to participate in their own little way and have their personal experience and, um, you know, go back and, and make a difference somewhere that's, you know, that, that moves to where they're moved to make a difference. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add, Debbie? Um, let's see. Well, thank you. Thank you for this interview. I want to thank all the people who'll be listening. You know, thank you very much for, for you know, spending your time and listening uh, to me, dialing in on your program. Um, you know, just, I guess I could just, I'm going to leave a, a quote. I'd like to leave a quote of Diora's that she wrote when she was 11. You know, she said, people ask who, what, where, when, why, how. I ask peace. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another chapter of 9-11 Stories, a podcast presented by Barish and McGarry, lawyers for the 9-11 community and New York's classic rock, Q104.3. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.